This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, and we trust that you will continue to watch today as we discuss this subject from the Bible, the powerful Word of God. Is there any power in it? And if so, what does the Word of God do for us today? I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I would like to emphasize that this course is free. I hope that you will avail yourself of the opportunity to receive it. Thousands of people have already done that. And, and I have people telling me continually, Brother Lambert, I've enjoyed studying the Bible course. I have learned so much about the Bible from Bible course. It has improved my spiritual life. And I want you to be a part of those who have studied this course and improve your knowledge of the Word of God. Now that you might know more about the course, and that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just one moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from the fourth chapter of Hebrews, and I want to read verse 12 and verse 13. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. But there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Word of God is described in amazing terms. It is described as being living, living. Not dead, but living. It is described as being powerful. Not lifeless. Not listless. Not uh, without any effect whatsoever. It is described as being powerful. It is described as being sharper than a two-edged sword. It is described as being a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of an individual's heart. 
at a time when many neglect the Bible. I think it is good for us to stop and to, to think about the wonder of God's Word. And God's Word indeed is living. And it is powerful. In 1 Peter, the first chapter, Peter has lots of things to say about the Bible. And the thing that we learn from Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 is that the Bible is not some dead letter. That's the way some people have described the Bible. But listen to the Apostle Peter in verse 23 and following. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Think about that now. The Word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Think about that. The word of God endures forever. And then he says, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. So Peter is letting us know that the word of God is not without effect. It is not a dead letter. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but, but my word shall not pass away. And indeed the word of God will abide forever and forever. The, the Bible is that which illuminates the darkness. David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my, my path. The, the Bible creates faith. Some, some try to get us to, to accept the notion that, that faith comes as a result of some unusual experience that we might have. And one person even wrote that faith is, is miraculous in nature. That is, faith is a miracle, he said. But, but, but the Bible is that which creates faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so it is the Bible that creates faith. In John chapter 20, Verses 30 and 31, the Bible there says many other signs. Truly did, truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and believing you may have life in His name. Well now, why is it that the Bible is given to us? that we might believe. The Bible also is used to convert people to Christ, to convert the soul. 
Even in the Old Testament, the word, uh, the, the Bible, the Word of God is used like that. Psalms 19 and verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You see, God's Word is living. God's Word is, is powerful. But something else we see about the Bible is that it cleanses our soul. And isn't it the case that, that men's souls need cleansing today? In John chapter 15 and verse 3, Jesus said, Now you are clean through my word which I have spoken unto you. And that which cleanses our soul is the Bible. Our souls are polluted by a lot of things that are written today. A lot of things that we see today, but that which will cleanse our soul and free us from impurity is God's Word. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But the Bible also feeds the soul of man. We need spiritual food, nourishment. And Christ said, Man shall not live by bread alone. But man will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It feeds our soul. Have you fed your soul lately? The Bible has the power to, to make us happy now and forevermore. There's so much unhappiness in our world. But if we would only read the Bible, we can find out what it takes for a man to be really happy. If you go into the average bookstore, you, you go and find the, they, they sometimes refer to them as self-help books. And there are all kinds of books on those shelves, and I'm sure that they have a, lots of good things in them. I've read some of them. Good ideas, good thoughts on what it really takes for a person to have a happy life. But the fact is, there is one book that is designed for that very purpose. And that's the Bible. In Psalms, the first chapter, the psalmist begins by writing, Blessed, which means happy is, the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The man who is a happy person is the person who takes the time to study, to read, to meditate, to think upon the Word of God. But see, the Bible also has within itself the power to accomplish its intended purpose. Look in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth the bud, that is, that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Now listen to verse 11. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. You see, there is power 
to accomplish the intended purpose. Another thing about the Bible is that it has the power to save our soul. In Romans 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There's power to save. Listen to James chapter 1 and verse 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word. What word? God's word. Which is able to save your soul. You see, there's power in the word of God when it is obeyed to save our souls. It is through the word of God that we can be born again, and we learn how to be born again. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You see, it's through studying the Bible that we learn how to be born again. Well, for example, through studying the Bible that we learn how, how what Jesus told Cornelius, or, or rather uh, Nicodemus in, in John the third chapter. Uh, he came to Jesus by night and and uh, Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. But for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus asked, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? And then Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it's God's Word that teaches us that. There's power in the Word of God to build us up, to strengthen us. Paul had given a, a very emotional address to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. And in the 32nd verse, he said to them as he was about to leave them, And I commend you to God and the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance, an inheritance among all of them that are sanctified. And there is power in the Bible to furnish man with all that he needs to know to live now and forever. Paul put it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and following. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that, that the man of God may be perfect Truly furnished unto all good works. You talk about a book that can tell you what you need to know. That's the Bible. And the Bible is the seed of the kingdom. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. And when this seed, which is the word of God, 
is sown in the heart of the 21st century man. It's going to produce in the 21st century the same kind of fruit it produced in the first century. So you see there is power in the Bible. It is living. It is powerful. And next, the Word of God is sharp. And it is a discerner. Here in in Hebrews 5, we learn that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. In Ephesians 6 and verse 17, the Bible is, is, is referred to as being the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You, you see, the Bible is able to cut through everything that is in a man. That the Bible reveals what is in a man. It is sharp and it discerns what is in us. It, it is said that it discerns the faults that even discerns the intents of the heart. You see, it reveals man's true heart. Sometimes a person's heart is open to change. In Acts the second chapter, when Peter preached to the people on Pentecost, and they said, what shall we do? And he told them what to do, to repent of their sins, to be baptized. They were open to change. In Acts the 8th chapter, when Philip was called to the chariot side of the man from Ethiopia, and, and he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, I can't understand it unless someone helps me. He was open to change. And on that occasion, Philip talked to him about Jesus, and the man was baptized. So see, sometimes people's hearts are open to change. Sometimes they're not. In the seventh chapter of Acts, when, when, when Stephen gave a defense for his faith in Jesus Christ, the people's hearts were not open to what he had to say. And they took him outside the city and they stoned him to death. I, I've learned in the years in which I'm preaching that every time I preach to an audience of people, whether it's in a church building somewhere, whether it's on television, that, that I'm preaching to two kinds of people. That I'm preaching to some people whose hearts are open to change. I'm preaching to some people who are not. That they are content the way they are. But I want you to know, it is the Word of God that reveals the true heart of a man. That the power of God's Word is due to the fact that, that God is an, an omniscient God. That is, He knows everything. In Hebrews 4.13, we're told that all things are naked and open before the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. He is an all-knowing God. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. It's a little difficult maybe for us to, to wrap our minds around such a concept. But that's the way God is. He is a God who is here, who is there, who is everywhere. There is no place that a person can escape the presence of God. 
And there isn't anything about us that he doesn't know. In the 139th Psalm, David said, You know my downrising and my ups, my, my, you know my, down, my, my thoughts afar off and my downsetting, my rising up. You know everything there is to know about me. He's all-knowing. And no one is able to hide from the judge. Well, one day men are going to be judged by the Son of God. He'll be the judge. According to Paul in Romans 2.16, we're going to be judged by the gospel. By the gospel. And all men everywhere will give an account of their lives to Him. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. In John 12 and 48, the Bible says, He that rejecteth me. And it's sad that there are many who reject Jesus. But He said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken the same shall judge him the last day. It's sad that men would re reject Jesus Christ. It's sad that people would reject His Word because we're going to be judged by the Word of Jesus and the Word of God on that last day. And thus we ought not to ever, ever neglect the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 2 and 1, there's a warning given to those Hebrew Christians that they ought to take heed to the things which they had learned lest at any time they should let them slip or drift away from them. You see, there's that danger that we will hear a message from the Bible, that we will go on our way, we'll just shrug it off, we'll just forget about it, and do nothing about it, and neglect the Word. We need to know that there is power in the Word of God. Power to create faith. Power to make us happy. Power to help us live day by day. There's power in it to save our souls. And one day, we'll be judged by it. Now the question I want to pose is this. How do you really feel about the Bible? Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I, I've got one. I have it right here. It's somewhere here in the house. It's, a, uh, it's on a shelf somewhere. I, I, have you been reading it lately? Have you studied it? We need in the hour in which we live in this old world to get back to the Word of the Lord. I don't know if anything will help our world anymore than to get back to it. And may I urge you to become a diligent, daily student of it. These were more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. That's found in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. 
And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if that verse characterized every person in America? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if that verse characterized every person in Russia, every person in the Mideast, every person in Africa, every person in, 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 in Central America and South America, every person on every island and every continent throughout the world? Wouldn't it be refreshing if you were to get up tomorrow and the headlines read, People throughout the world are turning to the Bible. People throughout the world are reading the Bible and respecting it. And they're obeying it. Well, we'd better do it. Not because Billy says so. But we should do it anyway. Because one day, I'm going to stand before my God. I realize as a preacher that I'll have to give an account of what I preached. That's the reason I'm trying to tell you the truth. I want to tell you truth. If I tell you something that you can't find in this Bible, I'll answer for that on the day of judgment. And I could lose my soul. Preachers can lose their souls too. And I want to urge you to have a respect for this book, to obey it. Here's a part of what this book teaches. Found in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe it? Will you obey it? If we can help you in finding someone to baptize you into Christ, please let us know. We have people all the time calling us, writing to us, saying, I want someone in my area to come to see me, or I'll come to see them, and I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins, and I want to start attending the worship where these people are. In the closing moments, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community, and you'll find people who believe this book. They're not perfect people, just like none of us are perfect. But they're trying to the very best of their ability to do what God says in this book. Do not add to it, not take away from it. Visit the church in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.